like to welcome everybody here to Westview Community Church. For those who have been church members here who don't remember who I am, <laughs> my name is Brian. I'm our lead pastor. To our guests, my name is Brian. I'm our lead pastor. I have been gone for eight weeks with my wife on sabbatical. If you want to know what a sabbatical is all about, go out on our newsletter. I gave you a summary of what sabbatical every seven years, what the purpose is for in a sabbatical. And, uh, but on behalf of Kara and I, First, a big thanks to our preaching team, Pastor Eric, Pastor Dylan, Pastor Wayne. Can we give them a big thanks for just holding the fort this summer? I love the series on shoes. That was really cool. Um, but also our leadership team and you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts for giving us a chance to kind of heal. Not that anything was wrong, but just you know, let the ground rest for a little bit, kind of get back, uh, increase our passion, kind of get our creativity rolling again. It was good. It was good. We went all the way from Israel. I spent time with monks in a, in a Benedictine monastery. I was, uh, we were all over, did a lot of projects on the house, but it was a really good time of healing, and it was just very thankful for that time away. So we're deeply indebted to you, but also there's no place like home. I've been all around the world. There's no place like being back here. Amen. So those online, welcome too. Hey, we would love for you to just give us a shout out. Tell us, uh, I don't know, what, what should we tell the people online to share with us? What would you guys like to hear from the people online? Where you're from. What else? What else is cool? Well, this is what we want to hear from you. What else should we ask from them? Their favorite color? No. Give us a praise. Give us, those online, give us a praise. Tell us what's going on. Let us know how to pray for you. To our guests, uh, this worship guide's kind of important on the back. I'm gonna jump into the Bible and talk about it for a little while. There's an outline here of what we're gonna talk about today, a new sermon series called Mission Possible. Kind of geared off the Mission Impossible for those of us who grew up and remember the original TV series and now you got Tom Cruise's MI1 through MI4, isn't it? Five, however many Mission Impossible, seven, however many he's on now. Um, but we're going to jump in that in just a minute. To our guests, this Connect card is huge for us. If you're, if you're trying to find a church home, this is a big movement time in Manhattan. We, we kind of work off the academic year. Our military does too. Everybody PCSs in the summer. We would love, before you leave today, to fill this out. Uh, you can drop it off in these boxes by the door. Uh, just an email address. So Pastor Wayne or one of us will reach out to you and just say, man, we love it that you're here. Can we, can we help you in any way as you look for a church home or if you're just visiting the rest of you, your prayer requests are coveted. We love when you pray, when you, when you share with us what to praise and what to pray for, and we hold them up all week long without fail. So let us know. Write those on here too. Um, we would love that. To those online, this is all attached right there on Facebook Live or on our website. So get your Bibles ready, whether you have paper or electronic. Uh, this is one of those sermons that we're gonna go from the very first two chapters all the way through the end. So you're gonna have a little trouble keeping up, but it's okay. Open up your electronic Bibles, open up your, the, your paper Bible. We'll have them up overhead here too. Uh, we're in this new sermon series, Mission Possible. So I want, I want you to give me feedback. Those who are online, give me feedback. What do you think of, and I want you to be honest. What do you think of when you hear the word mission? the M word. Come on, let's hear it. Those online, tell us why, even if it's negative. There are negative, I mean, this one kind of can take your breath away. So tell me what you're thinking. So I purpose, right? Is that what I heard? Or is it purpose? Okay, purpose. Purpose, yeah. We're gonna use that word today. Not purpose, purpose. Reaching a, a goal? Yes, yeah. Others. Helping people. Use... Love, we'll hear that word today. Travel, Travel. yeah. 
Yeah. How does it scare you? What words? What's that? Raising money. money. There's a fuel to mission, right? And there's a financial fuel. There's a prayer fuel. There's what else? Planning, possibilities. Come on, more scary words. There's scary words I think of. Challenge. Risk. First service. Sacrifice. We have to give up something. Those are all good. You know, some people, when they hear the word mission, they think it's professionals. They think it's, we're going to put a lot of that to rest. We're going to really understand this word by the time we get out of here today. But your first sermon note, your first sermon note, mission means, at at its base meaning, it means to send and be sent. It's actually a word in, in, in here where we see two Latin words make up our English word. Uh, uh, mito and missio are the two words, and they, they mean different, have a little bit different meanings. They mean to send, but also to be sent. And it's so important the church gets both of those, that you can't, you need both of these, and I think we're going to understand why by the time we're done. Um, to understand mission, though, before we even start into this word, I think it's important that we go from where does mission start? Where does it start? When did it start? And so as I kind of try to figure out, well, understanding mission and understanding where it starts, I, I think there's, there's, I ran into something, it's 42 years old, in 1980. Two brothers, nailed it, nailed it. Where does mission start? Watch this with me. me and the Lord, we got an understanding. We're on a mission from God. We're putting the band back together. Forget it. Don't wait. We're on a mission from God. Matt, me and Elwood. you got to understand that this is a lot bigger than any domestic problems you might be experiencing. Would it make you feel any better if you knew that what we're asking Matt here to do is a holy thing? You see, we're on a mission from God. First you trade the Cadillac for a microphone. Then you lie to me about the band. Now you're going to put me right back in the joint. They're not going to catch us. We're on a mission from God. In six miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. The Lord works in mysterious ways. Yep. Yep. So Jake and Elwood Blues, what they said was short. They said it over and over and over, but it's right. It's where mission starts. What did they say? What did you hear over and over and over? We're on a mission, keyword, from. Mission comes from God. It's your first sermon, though. Mission, mission begins with God. Mission begins with God. God, by his very being and his very nature, he's a missionary God. Mission does not find its basis in the church. We do not have a mission program or a mission committee or uh, something we do that's mission. 
That's not where it starts. Mission, if I can give you the best definition, I would think in the word mission. Mission is a movement of God. It's a movement of God. It begins in a trinity between the Father, Son, and Spirit, and it extends to humanity and the world he created. So if we got that first note there, mission begins with God, it's from God. So the second point, now this is a very bold theological statement that I don't think many of us maybe have heard before. But this next statement is mission begins with God, but it's also an attribute of God. It's an attribute of God. Now attributes, when we talk of God's attributes, we talk about the things that identify him or the things that define him. God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. God is omnipotent. He's, he's all-powerful. God is just. God is sovereign. God is... All those are attributes. And we're adding an attribute that probably you haven't read in a book that I believe is central to his character, and that is God is mission. And because God is mission and it's an attribute of him, attributes have no end. There is no end to the movement of God towards the Trinity or towards humanity. There's no end to that movement. Now, this one stunned me. I learned something here a while back about this. I used to be, prior to being a lead pastor here, I was our missions guy in a layperson role. And, and, and I used to joke, I don't make this joke anymore, but I used to joke that when they said, well, why'd you become a pastor? I said, well, when Jesus comes back, there's no more missions guy because missions is over. But I was wrong about that. Because when I really understand what mission is, a movement of God, it never ends. So, maybe I ought to go back to the missions guy. <laughs> You're used to me not being here for, just kidding. That joke didn't go, all right, moving on. So, uh, mission is an attribute of God. It has no end. So, if we know these two things, mission begins with God, it's from him, and it's an attribute of God. How do we know those two things? This book tells us from start to finish. The Bible tells us this. And so when we look at the grand narrative, the whole story of the Bible, we see this. And that's the next part. Not only is mission from God, starts with him, not only is it an attribute of him, the third thing is it is the central thrust of the entire Bible. Mission is a central thrust of the entire Bible. We see this movement of God throughout the whole Bible. So we're going to go through the whole Bible together today and see this in multiple ways. So first, God's movement, his mission towards humanity. It started right there with Adam and Eve. God's, God's desire to have his creation in harmony with Adam and Eve in the second and third chapter of your whole Bible. He's walking with them. There's perfect harmony and then sin enters the situation and sin causes shame and Adam and Eve go and hide and God's movement goes right back towards them. He finds them. He clothes them. He restores them. So we see the movement of God very early on in the Bible. But then we see, I'm gonna give you the bigger grand narrative. We see the next God's movement comes towards humanity through one man. It's Abraham. And we see this in Genesis 12, starting in verse one. It says, the Lord said to Abram, this was his first name, his whole name, Abraham, happened later. The Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and, what's the word? Go, go, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. 
I will bless you and make you famous, and you'll be a blessing to others. So what started in Adam and Eve is that as humanity grew, it, it grew in so many ways, including growing away from God and getting more distant to God, and God still pursues them, his movement towards them, he's very intentional. So now he decides through Abraham, I will actually create a nation through you, Abraham. Abraham left his family. He didn't even know where he was going. And God lands him in this place that we call today Israel. And God's movement then begins to build that nation. God's movement towards humanity then begins to, to extend. And we, we see this, the nation of Israel. Your whole Old Testament is all about this nation of Israel. God plants them in the, in the Mediterranean basis where the whole world is traveling through. And God makes this nation there that says, people will see my holiness and who I am through you. And so he makes this nation here. And the nation is kind of a come and see model because all the trade routes are going through Israel. And so Abraham gets there and eventually God rescues the Hebrew people out of Egypt, takes them through the desert, through the Red Sea, and establishes them in the promised land of Israel because this is God's movement now to the rest of the world who will come through here. King David, the great king of this Israelite nation, wrote in, in Psalm 96. He said, Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Each day proclaim the good news that he saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. What's that next word? Tell. Go, tell everyone about the amazing things he does. And so we see God's movement through the nation of Israel, but we know as we read the Old Testament that they're a kind of up and down, good king, bad king, split nation. They get to be in such a mess that they're conquered by Assyrians, Babylonians, they're dispersed. But just like Jack prayed here earlier out of Nehemiah, God brings them back. His movement towards humanity restores that nation of Israel. But God still has another plan. His next movement towards humanity with restored Israel is through his son, Jesus. Throughout the Old Testament, we read prophetically that this Messiah is gonna come, that God is gonna make a movement through one man, a Messiah. And then when we get into the New Testament now, we have the first four Gospels which detail Jesus' life from four different angles in technicolor. God's movement through humanity through this one man. He sends his son, and Jesus himself declares that mission. His first sermon in his hometown, which Karen and I were just standing in in Nazareth uh, just a, a few weeks ago, his first sermon there declares this mission. In Luke chapter four, verse 18, Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. The time of the Lord's favor is still here today. Jesus, God himself, comes to earth, the movement of God, so we can see who God is. You want to know who God is? Look at Jesus. We see him up close. And what's his mission? He is sent to pay the price for sin that you and I could not pay to free us from the penalty of that sin to begin to set up the kingdom of heaven right here on earth it's part here now that's another sermon and the last thing that Jesus does before his three year public ministry is over is he releases the mission God's movement 
to the church. So God now moves towards humanity through the church. Now we're in the latter part of the New Testament. Ladies and gentlemen, the church does not have a mission. God's mission has a church. Through the rest of the New Testament, we see the letters from Paul to all these young churches, the mission, the purpose, the main purpose of the church today. The mission now is no longer, hey, Israel, come and see us. It's, hey, new Israel, let's go be the church and let's spread out throughout the world and look, and it has. In 2,000 years, the world has heard the gospel as the church has spread and has now engaged the world and it's gone out. The movement of God is no longer sit in one place and draw. The movement of God is throughout. The very words of Jesus in Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, what's the word? Go, go, go and make disciples of all those nations. Go out there, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We just went through the whole Bible. God's movement, his mission starts with him. It went to Abraham. He works through movements through Abraham, which becomes Israel. And then through Jesus to set everything perfect to give that mission to us. The movement of God is now through us. So when you read this whole Bible, this grand narrative, you cannot miss that mission begins with God. It's an attribute of God and it's a central thrust of the whole Bible. So one question I haven't answered is why? Why are all these chapters, all these books, all these verses, why is there such an intentional movement of God towards humanity, towards his creation? Why does God do this? Why does he not give up on us? Why did he send his very own son? And it's your next sermon note. There is mission because God loves When I talked about God's attributes earlier, his omniscience, omnipresence, holiness, all that, I didn't talk about his big one. His big one, which is central to his character, is his love. When you want to see why the reason for God's omniscience, his omnipresence, his sovereignty, his holiness, they all are under an umbrella of his love. You may want to write down I didn't have this one in your notes, but if you want to write down 1 John 4, 7 through 8, first letter of John, chapter 4, 7 through 8. I don't want to put it up here because I just wanted you to hear the words. John, who was one of the closest disciples to Jesus, who saw God up close and knew this love, said this. He said, dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. John sums all up, for God is love. It's his main attribute. This movement, God moves towards us in love. That is his mission, that is his identity. And guess what? We are created in his image. That same love should be a movement towards God in reflection and it should be a movement towards others through us.
That is our mission. We continue the movement of God. John R. Frank, he's a missional theologian, love reading his stuff. He says that this, he says, God is as God acts. You want to understand who God is? God is as he acts. The identity of God is known through the actions of God. You want to know his identity? Watch what he does. And then he goes on to say that revelation of God in Jesus and in the Holy Spirit allow us to say that God is as God does and what God does is love. What he's saying is you want to know how God loves? Look at how he sent his son. And look at how he did not stop there, that he sent his spirit so his presence would be in each one of us every day who believe. God is as God does and God loves. So let me back the bus up just a little bit here. Let's talk about the Trinity, the understanding that God is one in three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit. And we look at the Father, Son, and Spirit, and we look at where did mission originate? Originate in them. God's movement first is between the Father, Son, and Spirit. We see the movement of God's love through how they give love collectively as three, how they receive love and how they share love. When we look at the whole Bible, it's nothing but God sharing that love through the three persons. So we see that mission is a movement actually in the Trinity first. And all three, while, while we love this mystery of Trinity of God in, is one but in three persons, as we look at each one and the distinctiveness of each person, what Jesus did to show us love and what the Holy Spirit does to show us that love today, how all three work, they work in such close unison all the time in the Trinity. They are equal and they operate with each other in perfect harmony. And there's a big word I want to teach you. It's your next sermon note. There's a word for this. It's a big one because I love learning big words. Perichoresis. Do you want to try and say that? Perichoresis. That word means this is how the three work in harmony together. This is how the movement of love works in perfect harmony through each one. God loves and he shows us that love through his son and that love is now present in the presence of God in us in his spirit. That's just one way. But perichoresis is a word that you go out in the street and you may not want to use that one and freak people out. So there's a word I like. Perichoresis is how the Father, Son, and Spirit dance. I love this theological word. It's much easier to understand. This is how all three flow in harmony together. It's like a dance, perfectly orchestrated all the time in the movement of love as we see all three working together and it's like a dance. Hold on to that word. early church leader, the Apostle Paul, he understood this dance. He knew how all three operated. I, I want to share with you how he closes out one of his letters to the church in Corinth. This is his second letter. This is how he says goodbye. In the last sentence of 2 Corinthians chapter 13, he says this. He says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. He saw the dance. He saw how God loves. He shows how God loves mostly through the greatest act of grace ever, and that's through his son Jesus and what he came to earth on mission for. And that same grace, that same love is present in the spirit who now brings the Father and Son to us every day. Paul summarized it all. May you dance in that harmony of all three. I'm kind of excited. You guys excited about this? 
mission is not only to send, but to be sent, every one of us. This is modeled throughout our Bible. So look at your fifth sermon note with me to understand this grand narrative, the Father sent the Son, the Father and Son send the Spirit, and the Spirit sends the who? Church. And that's us. Let me reflect those in Scripture, so just so you're hanging with me. First, the Father sent the Son. You know, many of you know this one by heart, John 3, 16 through 17. First, the Father sent the Son, for this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world, not to judge it, but to save it. Second, the Father and Son send the Holy Spirit. This is in John 14. Uh, this is Jesus' words. He says, but when the Father sends the advocate, Jesus says, my role here is done. He's gonna send somebody better. He sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. He will teach you everything and remind you of everything I've told you. The Father and Son send the Spirit, and lastly, the Spirit sends the church and this is our key scripture today. It's out of the Gospel of John, chapter 17. This moment's called the high priestly prayer where Jesus is having this very intimate prayer time with his heavenly Father right before the cross. And Jesus kind of summarizes everything we're talking about today in this passage here. So imagine this is a conversation between Jesus, between the Son and the Father, and the Spirit of the Spirit Starting in verse 14, Jesus says, I have given them your word, and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you, Father, to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. And just as you say it, sent, just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. Ladies and gentlemen, that's us. That is us. And I pray that they will all be one. Just as you and I are, well, look at this dance, guys. Just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, may they be in us. This is important. May they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. If you had any different definition of mission, this is it. Today, understand this. Mission is a movement of love from first within the God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and then to humanity. And now that mission is given to the church. It's given to us to complete. And so your sixth, your last sermon, it's a really important one. We're invited into the dance. We're invited into the perichoresis of the Father, Son, and the Spirit, the movement. They invite us in as a church. God will not force you. The Spirit will not force you. The Son will not force you to join this dance, this missional call 
to all humanity. We're invited. And we have to choose to receive that love and extend that love back to them and then extend that love to others. That is the mission of the church. The challenge is for each of us today in every moment of every day is will we dance? Will we dance? How many people here are Leanne Womack fans? <laughs> Come on, raise them up high. How many Leanne Womack fans? How many here are wondering who is Leanne Womack? Leanne Womack is a very talented country western singer. Maybe that's why I shut some of you down. <laughs> Leanne Womack, uh, in the year 2000, she had this rare occasion that you kind of see as a crossover hit. Her song hit number one in the country western charts and it crossed over into the adult contemporary charts and went all the way to the top two. In the year 2000, who knows the title of that song? Shout it out. I hope you dance. I hope you dance. It's an amazing song. I almost tear up because I'm getting older and soft all the time. Let me share with you the first verse. I hope you never lose your sense of wonder. You get your fill to eat, but you always keep that hunger. May you never take one single breath for granted. God forbid love ever leave you empty-handed. I hope you still feel small when you stand beside the ocean. And whenever one door closes, I hope one more opens. Promise me you'll give faith a fighting chance. And when you get the choice to sit it out or dance, what's next? I hope you dance. I hope you dance. We all have that choice every day to sit it out or dance to join the Father, Son, and Spirit in what they're doing. And that's what the church's main purpose and identity is. I want you to know we're putting the band back together. <laughs> Not that we've been missing it here. We want everybody in the band, every one of you. We're on a mission from God. Next week, we're going to continue in this Mission Possible series. For those of you who remember the old TV show in the 70s, 80s, or the new one, there's always this, when they get the mission, it comes on a message machine and it always self-destructs. The mission, should you accept it? We're gonna talk about really what is this mission then. We know where it comes from now, we know what it is. What is this mission for the church? I'm gonna give you a bold statement right here that mission is the identity of our church. It is the number one reason why we do everything else. Today's world shouts that our faith should be private in a personal matter and not in a public space. And unfortunately, the church in many places has shrunk back, believing the shouts of the world, believing in making our mission impossible. But I want to remind you, this sermon series ensures we never shrink back from our mission because of Jesus, the blood of Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit. Our mission is always possible.